0: And the ransom of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Who has sighed this week? Put your hand up if you've sighed at least once this week. No sighing here? I think we've sighed a lot. There's been a lot of sighing in the last two weeks, in the last two months, in the last two years. We've all been sighing. We've been huffing as news of developments around the virus hits us. As we're stopped at our normal way of doing life. And here Christmas has landed in the middle of this chaos upon us again. And as much as we would like Christmas this year to be a festive and cheerful time, I think the reality behind our smile and the lovely presents and the beautiful food that's been prepared today is certainly for most of us a level of tiredness, a level of worry. We're feeling the toll of chronic corona. It's not something that's going away. It's here to stay, we're being told. We're being told we must live with it. And that's hard. That's hard for us to comprehend. And it's kind of almost impossible to be joyful. And so it's not just surprising if we were to end this year on a weary and joyless note. But what word does the birth of the Lord Jesus have for those, like many of us, who are barely getting across the finish line this year? Well, Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10 is a word of promise, and it's a promise of everlasting joy. This chapter that was read to us earlier, before our gospel reading by Liz, is nestled between two chapters of judgment and invasion. Isaiah chapter 35 is a chapter, though, that is brimming with joy for weary people. This is our chapter. And Isaiah chapter 35 verse 10, I think, is our verse this year. Even though those in this chapter are about to experience the pain and consequences of their disobedience and rebellion, in the middle of their chaos, God makes a promise to them. And he says whatever you're experiencing now, it won't always be this way. God's people would return to Zion. Meaning that Israel, God's people, would leave their exile out in Babylon and come back to Jerusalem. Why? Isaiah 35 verse 10 tells us. You can see it there in verse 10 because they have been ransomed they've been rescued the days of Moses God has already done this he redeemed them by the blood of the lamb and by his mighty hand he secured his people from Egypt God had had a track record of rescuing his people and in this passage that we see before us in Isaiah 35 verse 10 he promises to do it again he promises to bring about a second exodus despite their sin Despite their rebellion and in the middle of the chaos of their lives, God is making a promise. God hasn't given up on them. They were still his people and they were his people to be redeemed. He says there will be a time when sighing will give way to singing and sorrow give way to joy. And that must have been a tremendous encouragement for those that heard this prophecy some 500 years Before Jesus was born. But friends, for us this morning, we have something even greater than a return from exile. Something that is coming for each of us. And Isaiah's language and the prophecy in Isaiah can't be contained in just the events 500 years before Jesus' birth. No, as we see in the Gospels, the book of Isaiah really is about Jesus and him being the promised Messiah and about the virgin, of, uh, the virgin birth of his mother, Mary. You see, within those promises in Isaiah 35 is a deeper promise. These verses show us that there is a better hope, a glorious day that is still to come, not just for those 500 years before Jesus, but for us today today because as Christians, we endure suffering. We know that there's sorrow and sighing. Romans chapter eight tells us that. The New Testament speaks of our life as Christians as as living in tents, there's a temporary nature, but we're going to a permanent home, a heavenly home, because we know something better is coming. We can endure various kinds of trials The book of Romans says, with hope. With hope. Imagine that you were to get two people and you were to lock them in the same room and you were to give them the same terrible, arduous task. They were to work the same amount of hours. But in one person you whisper this, at the end of this hard work today, I'll give you $10. And... In the ear of the other person, you whisper, at the end of this labour today, I will give you $10 million. Now, how do you think person one would be different from person two in their ability to get through that day? Well, friends, the prophecy of Isaiah is that whisper. Into our lives, that it is coming, that it is hard now, but there is hope. Life is difficult, and the New Testament speaks about it as a journey, but a glorious eternity awaits. We are promised that a heavenly Zion will one day descend on us in the book of Hebrews, and gladness and joy will one day overtake us. You see, a better day is coming because we have been ransomed not by the blood of a lamb from Egypt, but a, another Passover lamb. That baby that we celebrate this morning was a second Adam, one who would not sin and one who did not sin or to take away the sins of the world. And so how often are we robbed of that joy of hope because we believe that God sent his son to the cross To purchase our pardon but we foolishly fear often that he won't carry us home not only will we have our everlasting joy but sadness and sighing will depart forever Jesus has come that promise of hope was contained within that baby he's come and he now offers us that whisper of hope to get through today and tomorrow and whatever lies ahead because he promises one day gladness and joy will overtake us and sorrow and sighing will flee away. See, God has come with us. He's taking us on a journey. But do you know the great thing about Christmas? God is with us on that journey. The birth of Jesus. In the birth of Jesus, God made his way right down into the basement of our lives. The very lowest part of our lives, God has been there in the Lord Jesus. He's in the middle of suffering and misery. God has dirt under his fingernails. Our suffering and what we're going through at the moment is not foreign to him. He knows it from the inside out. And so we can have a defiant hope. A hope that... Doesn't promise to make everything better right now, but a sure hope that one day it will be. And here's the wonderful thing about the gospel of the Lord Jesus. How do you receive this hope? Well, Jesus came for those who were in trouble, He came for those who were spiritually dead. And so, the only qualification for the gift of hope in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only qualification you need is to be dead. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be good, you don't have to be wise, you don't have to be wonderful. You just have to know that without Jesus, you are hopeless and you are helpless. But he has come for us. And so can you see him this morning? Can you see the hope that he brings a glorious future where there will be no sign? And can you see him with us on that journey as he takes us home? Amen. We're going to continue to pray. Jim's going to lead us in some prayers. And then you're invited to join in the Lord's Prayer, which is printed in the booklet of conclusion of Jim's prayers. Thanks, Jim.